This is episode number 109 with Francisco Betty. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. Everyone is talking about sustainability, rightly so. Unfortunately, not everyone is actually doing it. In fact, despite the sharp increase in the number of companies that have announced their sustainability goals, most organizations are yet to show evidence of any real progress. So why is that? Is it because most companies haven't figured out how to operationalize sustainability? Or are they daunted by the huge task and maybe even costs ahead of them? I think it's a combination of many of these things. Sustainability is becoming a business imperative thanks to pressure from consumers, investors, and regulatory bodies, with supply chains being responsible for an overwhelming majority of most companies' environmental footprint, it should be in the best interests of supply chain leaders to take the robust measures necessary to achieve those ambitious goals their CSR and other departments have put together. In this episode, I'm joined by the World Economic Forum's Head of Advanced Manufacturing and Production, Francisco Betti, to discuss why sustainable supply chains are the future, the greatest barriers to making progress in this area, and how supply chain leaders can marry up their sustainability initiatives with their quest for greater reliability and efficiency. With climate change predicted to be the single biggest disruptor facing future operations, supply chain leaders must act fast in treating sustainability as an integral part of their supply chain strategy. I'm very excited to talk to Francisco about this, so let's get started. Hi, Francisco. Welcome for uh, to the podcast. Thanks for joining me here. My pleasure, Maria. Delighted to be here with you today. So I've got a bunch of questions, and no doubt we're going to be talking about a subject that's close to your, your heart. But uh, let's talk about sustainability, right? So everybody talks about how sustainability is critical, right? We know it's a, it's a must-have. We know it's not a luxury anymore. I mean, everything is telling us it's not a luxury anymore. And a lot of companies are aware of this, and we hear a lot about their ambitious sustainability goals all the time. Um, but let's talk about what real progress is being made. How many supply chains can you genuinely confirm as sustainable? You know, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, Maria, that's a, that's a great question to start with. I think it's clearly difficult to come up with the, with the number. But what I can mention is that if you look for examples of, well, let's say, of sustainable supply chains, I think that you need to look at small players who most likely are fully vertically integrated, but those are really rare examples. I think that most companies, and that's the reality, are at the early stages of this uh, sustainability journey. Uh, you may have seen over the last couple of months, you know, more and more companies, especially uh, large manufacturing companies, going out with new commitments on the sustainability front. The reality is that those are great commitments, great aspirations, the right commitments but still we're at the early stages when it comes to the transformation of, of operations, uh, manufacturing supply chain to be able to, to achieve them. Uh, based on some of the work that we did most recently, what we noticed that 60%, uh, as an average, 60% of companies, and that's pretty good news, are already started or have started to work on some pilots that will allow them to transform operations in a way that they, they, they can deliver on their sustainability targets and commitments. So that's really the good news, but most of them are at the very early stages in this journey. 
I like what you just said there about um, these 60% of these companies starting pilots. Do you think that part of the problem has been the fact that maybe sustainability is such a big goal, is such a big thing to try to achieve? Do you think maybe companies made the mistake of trying to tackle the big tickets without really looking at pilots and looking at doing things in small stages? It is a big challenge. I mean, it's a big endeavor, right? Think about scope one, two, three type of emissions. Uh, you, you really need to unpack the sustainability question to be able to, to, to tackle it and address it. And, and it's, you know, within those different uh, components of this broader question that we are seeing companies uh, running the different pilots and trying to start small look for mm. quick wins and that scale. So I think that, yes, part of it is, is, is most likely because when you talk about sustainability, you look whether it's, you know, from a circularity perspective, reuse, recycling, remanufacturing, or if you look at it from the net zero emissions front, one point of view, it's a, it's a huge endeavor and, and it requires, mm. you know, a good degree of unpacking uh, and very specific solutions that you need to deploy it, you know, throughout different segments of your, of your value chain. Mm -hmm. So you published a report in 2020, right, called Visibility and Traceability, the Twin Engines of Sustainable Supply Chains. Uh, in that report, you state that sustainability is uh, or has been the fastest growing concern of supply chain executives over the past three years. Okay, well, here we are. 2021 is practically over. I mean, we're going to blink and it's going to be Christmas. Um, would you say that sustainability is more important to supply chain leaders than it's ever been before? I could say that on average, the answer is yes. It is more, more important than it was before. And, and COVID-19 played an interesting role in changing the way in which companies are thinking about resilience. So I think that we, with the level of disruptions that manufacturing companies face, they all realized that actions were needed uh, to, to be able to keep operations up and running and set the, the foundations that companies for future growth. Now, what also happened is that uh, Companies also realize that, you know, today the threat is coming from a pandemic. Going forward, most likely climate change is going to be mm -hmm. one of the major threats that their, their operations will be facing. And therefore, they started to look at, you know, in this resiliency building process that COVID-19 accelerated, sustainability became one of the major pillar, pillars mm -hmm. of, that, of that effort and, and behavior. And, and I think what is fair to say is that if we look at the future, if we look at the years ahead of us, I think it is fair to assume that, that disruptions uh, related to climate change are likely going to be happening more often and are going to be more intense. And in addition to that, pressure is not coming from the environment, but it's also coming from customers who mm -hmm. want more sustainable products, who are looking at responsible and sustainable sourcing, but also from regulators. You know, think about carbon tax and other you know, uh, regulations that are in the works right now. I think that we companies will be facing more pressure. Uh, they know that. And that's the reason of why sustainability is not one of the major pillars of the resiliency building strategies. We are seeing that more and more. What do you think is perhaps the biggest challenge that uh, supply chain leaders have with regards to achieving all the things they want to achieve, you know, resilience, visibility, traceability, and sustainability? Yeah, I think that probably the, one of the biggest challenges is that companies do not have control of their entire value chains, right? That's the reality. You don't, you don't control your customers. You don't control, in some cases, the suppliers of your direct suppliers, right? Uh, and think about, you know, if you want to make progress 
on scope three emissions, well, that requires everyone in a given supply chain to be aligned and committed to act in the same direction. Uh, now, visibility, uh, visibility, which is enabled by traceability solution, plays clearly a, a big role, but also requires new degrees of integration, new degrees of alignment, new degrees of collaboration. And that alignment goes all the way from the vision that different mm -hmm. actors across similar value chain should have, uh, but also aligning on the operations, aligning on the technologies, aligning on the on the on the different solutions that will be adopted so they can they can operate in a seamless way uh, throughout the value chain. So I think that the, the biggest challenge right now is that uh, unless we find new ways to build trust, collaborate and build relations throughout the value chain is going to be extremely hard to meet the sustainability commitments that, that were made by most manufacturing, at least the, the, the largest manufacturing companies in the world. But yet there's desire, you know, there, there is desire, isn't there? There is desire, definitely. I think there is desire. I think that once again, you know, we are at the early stages. I think COVID-19 was a, a, played a major accelerator a, Accelerate, you know, you know, it was a great accelerator for companies to realize that they needed mm. to act faster before the next crisis uh, comes and hits us. But still, we do need to find new ways to work together. I think that that's where we are seeing companies having most of the of the challenges right now. It's aligning with their suppliers, aligning with the suppliers of the suppliers. You know, understanding what their customers want, whether you are in a B two C or in a B two B environment. Uh, that's what we also from the forum being you know an international organization for for global and public private cooperation we are trying to to help as well by bringing all different actors together and how difficult is that though i mean you know it's you're, you're almost asking people to change methodologies processes mindset and thinking you know despite what we all talk about great world collaboration when you go into the boardroom of a big corporate they they, they're working within their own confines of their own business. So how easy is it get to get a corporate to look at collaborating, you know, across multiple uh, suppliers, across what you said, the whole value chain? Well, it's definitely not, not easy. I mean, it requires, first yeah. of all, a, a mindset change. You need your entire leadership to understand, you know, how big the challenge is and the fact that you need to mobilize the entire organization, the fact that you need to approach your suppliers in new and different ways. Then the, the, the realization that you need to be looking at your surrounding ecosystem in every country in which you operate, which means also connecting with, with the local or national governments and, and engaging in conversations with them about the, the future of, of your operations, right? Uh, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's not easy at all. Now, the good news is that technology can play a major role. And, and the more we look at, you know, how different type of traceability solutions, whether they are powered by blockchain or other technologies, but, you know, a technology can play, and data can play a major role in helping, in creating that, let's say, digital thread that will allow companies to have full visibility, not control, but at least visibility and transparency across the different activities that are happening throughout their, their supply and more broadly value chains. You know, you're absolutely right. If we had tried this, you know, if the world had reached the crisis that we're in right now, 50 years ago, we wouldn't have had the technology to dig so deeply yes. into uh, multiple layers of, of the value chain, right? So, you know, it's a, it's a very valid point. Technology will take us a long way. But yet, I still feel that there's an impediment, which is the whole mindset, cultural, legacy issues that companies have to overcome in order to want 
to do this, want to collaborate. You know, I was fascinated by, I keep saying this, I tell this story quite a lot, that I did a podcast or I did a, no, I did a webinar or something with Professor David Simke-Levy from MIT. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, he said, you know, in this thing, Maria, I want to ask people if they've mapped their supply chain. And I felt like, I remember saying, Professor, come on. These are, these are senior level supply chain. Of course, they've mapped their supply chain. I almost felt like saying, uh, hello. And he said, Maria, trust me. We asked this question. I really, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I genuinely believe this was a patronizing question to some degree to such senior people. And yet we asked this question. He asked this question, anonymous question. And I was blown away by the fact that the majority of our supply chain leaders in our network had not mapped out their supply chains to such a level of degree. Blown away by this. Does that surprise you? No, it's absolutely right. I think that challenge number one throughout the pandemic was that most uh, large manufacturing companies had no visibility on the levels of stock, on the financial challenges, and um, on, the, on, the, on the capabilities of lack of capabilities that their supply, the suppliers of their suppliers had. And that was, was kind of the, the large great area which ended up resulting in, in many, you know, or increasing the level of disruption that the pandemic brought in. So no, I, I, I agree with that. We are seeing that and we saw that during COVID-19, which, well, which is why now, now the, you know, this, this entire conversation on how do you connect your value chain, how do you bring visibility, how do you bring transparency, it's a priority and becomes a major, major driver of, of this resiliency building process and journey. I think, you know, I don't know how many times we need to say this, but I think you will not be able to build resilience. You will not be able to weather this sort of age of disruption if you don't have an understanding, if you don't open yourself up to this sort of collaborative way of working and tackle the issues deep in your supply chain. Um, because you can't scenario plan. Even the best technology mm -hmm. can't scenario plan if you cannot have access to, vis you know, if you don't have visibility, right? Absolutely. And, and beyond that, I mean, it's the right, I mean, we, we engage in conversations with many companies who are also tackling sustainability, not just because um, you need that to keep your operations up and running, right? And you need that to, to increase resiliency, but also because it's the right thing to do. So, so back to your point on the mindset change, I, I truly think that we are going through a significant shift when it comes to the way in which companies approach sustainability. And, and, and I do believe there was a before probably uh, before and after after COVID nineteen and collaboration is going to be the the key. Yeah, I agree with you, Maria. Francisco, I'm I'm going to go even further and I'm going to say that I think that we are undergoing or we are seeing a fundamental shift in the yes. way we operate businesses. Period. Uh, the way yes. we consume goods. The way I mean, this is they probably write books about this later on, history books about a very defining moment within our our world which is what we're living in now. COVID is just one piece of it. It was probably what has allowed us to accelerate transformation and accelerate this change. But I think you're absolutely right to talk about how, you know, I, they're, they're, we are going to have to do things fundamentally different. How many, and, and you can't, I know you can't give me exact examples, but, you know, in your opinion, do you think that leadership now is ready for this? Do you think that, are you seeing positive steps? I think so, but also, but also, Maria, the you know the reason of why that is happening is because companies are starting to realize that it's not 
the question is not any more efficiency or sustainability. I think because of advanced manufacturing, because of industry 4.0, uh, sustainability does not come anymore at the cost or at the expense of, uh, of efficiency, right? We have seen many and more and more applications in which, you know, as companies uh, drive efficiencies, increase productivity, set the foundation for growth, at the same time, they are reducing energy consumption, CO2 emission, mm -hmm. optimizing water and material consumption, redesigning for reuse, recycling, remanufacturing. So I think that there, there, there is also an incentive because of industry 4.0, because of advanced manufacturing, for companies not just to go through a mindset change process, process but also to, to activate and engage in all those pilots that I was talking about before, right? To drive actual change and as fast as they can. And, and also I believe that those who will be, you know, we need to work together because the only way to tackle sustainability is that we, it's by, by making progress in a collective way. But beyond that, I believe that those who are able to crack the sustainability question sooner rather than later will have a key competitive advantage. Think about new generations and how they are putting pressure, you know, to have uh, products that are sustainably and responsibly sourced, right? That's gonna play a, a major role going forward. You know, I think it's like a perfect storm, what we're living in right now, the era of disruption. Uh, you know, the, you, you just hit your, the nail on the head with regards to new generations demanding uh, sustainable products as their buying power gets bigger, as they grow up and they get more of an opportunity to spend more money, their say in the marketplace will become more, uh, more important. As companies, traditional companies are disappearing because they're too slow to change. All of these things are creating an environment, aren't they, for companies to either get on board with this or be left behind, right? Indeed, and I love the fact that you are bringing in the concept of the, of the perfect storm. I think what is important to highlight is that that storm was already forming the horizon before COVID-19. Yes. So yes. if you look at you know, the fourth industrial revolution and what technology started to to allow companies to do already, you know, I could say that, you know, since mm. 2014, 2015, you combine that with the geopolitical instability and tensions, you know, that we still have today and, and, and all that that meant and means for, for global value chains. If you add to that the uncertainty from, uncertainty from a socioeconomic perspective, whether it's the slowdown of the global economy of aging population, you know, it's the combinations of those, all those trends together that were forming this perfect storm. It was in the horizon already, COVID-19 yeah. came, and now we can say that it's onto us, right? Uh, well, the good news is that those companies who saw those trend comings already started working on new capabilities on the adoption of technology on augmenting their workforce already before the pandemic uh, came. But now with the pandemic, I think that everyone has realized that that's the way forward, that you know, it's through the transformation, it's the combination of technology, people, and the, the broaden of the strategies in which, you know, topics such as sustainability become a main driver, uh, that is what companies need to succeed in the, in the future. I, you know, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think it was, a, this perfect storm was on the horizon. You add all of these things to the mix and it definitely changes the dynamic. The thing is though, I still think that there are some companies and by, I mean, I'm being generic, general right here. And there, there are, a lot of really great pioneers, but I bet you there are still a lot of companies in a bit of denial that are expecting normality to resume. They're expecting the, the old normal, that we're gonna go back to 2018 and you're gonna to continue to operate in the same manner that we operated. And that just simply isn't 
the case, is it? You know, we are, I mean, look, look at all the reports on global climate change and, you know, th this is real. Maybe, and I mean, it, it is real and, and pressure is increasing by, by the hour, right? Uh, we are seeing whether it's the storms or other type of disruptions that are driven by climate change, but also, you know, look at the pandemic, it's far from being over, right? Mm. Uh, and I think that, you know, as time goes by, more and more companies realize that this is really urgent, that we may be in a new normal for forever, uh, and therefore they're taking action. What, what I'd like to highlight, Marie, is that, you know, of course, uh, large companies have the ability and the capabilities to look on new applications, develop new solutions, you know, with large research and development departments. But we should not forget that 95 plus percent of the economy is made of SMEs. And those are often the suppliers of the large corporations. So that's back to the need to support those who may be left behind if large companies, governments do not play an active role and support them so that we can all move at the same pace and in the same direction. I think that that's the bigger, you know, we're talking about different companies in different situations. Uh, we should not forget about the important role of SMEs for our economies, for value chains, and the fact that they are the ones who were under, you know, probably unprecedented levels of stress with the mm. pandemic and the ones that will need most help going forward. If we do need to change, if we do need to achieve our sustainability goals and targets, right? I mean, going back to the good news, let's talk about the good news. Technology, huge opportunity to map out and, you know, uh, your supply chains, huge opportunities to get visibility, huge opportunities to perhaps reduce waste, you know, and, and, and uh, definitely huge opportunities to, to find ways to work efficiently. So that, that's a good check mark. I think there's a lot of good talent out there, uh, out, don't you think? And especially diverse talent. We're moving away in supply chain and manufacturing from the same type of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Homogenous thinking, you know, that it's, that it's all gotta be done in the same way. We are looking outside of ourselves, which is, I think, a great opportunity. I'd add to that probably the fact that, you know, if you'd asked four or five years ago, someone down the street what is a supply chain they wouldn't know what it is you know they've had no interest in supply chain no interest in manufacturing whereas now because of covid we're all living and breathing supply chain issues because of brexit we're all living supply chain issues because of global you know geopolitical issues so i think supply chain and manufacturing have a bigger seat at the table a bigger voice uh and so all of those things create would you agree i mean i, I sort of feel like i'm talking but i'm asking you the question would you agree this gives us a unique opportunity to really push the sustainability agenda forward? I, I agree. I think that, you know, you know, if there's, I mean, I don't think the pandemic had any positive sides, but, you know, a good thing is that, you know, people and the general, the general public realize the importance that manufacturing has for our global economy, for national economies and the global economy. And, and I agree with you, it has now the seat at the, at the table, right? And, and people are, you know, talking about and realizing what happens when when value chains get disrupted. So I think that that's that's really good, also because it's making both uh, the general public and companies realize that if we want to achieve sustainability goals and targets and stop climate change, you know, we do need manufacturing to be working in new and in and in different ways. Now, once again, uh, the good news, and you mentioned that before, is that with technology we can make that happen. We are seeing more and more evidence that that is possible. But, but yes, I, I fully agree with you. I think that we, we do have a unique window of opportunity to, and there's a lot of momentum to make change happen. Uh, and again, 
companies are making commitments by the by the hour every week we see large manufacturing companies going public and saying that they will achieve you know net zero carbon neutrality by 2070 2050 and i think that what we need to work on now is you know how do we bring other players smaller players on board uh, in that in that journey and also uh, you know how we can accelerate the dissemination of technologies technology is what is going to be what is going to be enabling companies to to reach those goals and targets we need to find a way for the technology to be made available for uh, the broader global manufacturing community so final thoughts advice that you would give to supply chain manufacturing digital leaders who are looking to marry up their sustainability initiatives with the quest for reliability and efficiency what what advice would you give them i mean the first one is that these two these two concepts are not in competition anymore and that's exactly. thanks to the fourth industrial revolution right and there is a lot of evidence i mean the first thing is to look out there for example for those companies who already demonstrated how through a advanced manufacturing you can both achieve new levels of efficiency productivity and profitability while delivering our sustainability goals and targets. Uh, the second one, and Maria, you talk about the importance of the, of the board, the importance of the top leadership. I think it's the, the realization that as a company, you need to be setting the right of objectives. And if you want to be in business in the years to come, most likely you need to be embracing sustainability as a major driver of your strategy. Uh, so there is a, a mindset change required. There is a top-down message that has to transpire throughout the organization, and that should be translated into very clear objectives in which sustainability is not a nice to have, it's not part of your corporate social responsibility, but becomes a major driver uh, of the way in which you do business. Uh, in addition to that, uh, what we have seen from companies who have been most successful so far is that they started with small pilots. They started by looking at those areas in which some existing applications can already deliver value. Back to your point on, you know, if you talk about sustainability in a broad sense, it's too much of an endeavor that, that, that people may tend to get scared. It's, it's, exactly. So it's a moonshot. It's a moonshot. So you need to break that down into smaller pieces. You need to look at your supply chain. What are those segments, those nodes in which you can achieve some quick wins or some, you know, uh, immediate uh, results by and very often adopting technologies that are not that complex, you know, leveraging the existing mm -hmm. technologies, right? The, um, the other element maybe is the, the concept of, of collaboration that we referred to before, but that collaboration, I think that uh, you need to start, you know, with your immediate suppliers and understanding what your customers uh, need and want, right? So that's the, the first degree of collaboration. And even before that, you need to think about your own company. You know, are the different OTAT teams working together in the way they should? Are they all convinced and committed to the objectives that you as leadership have set for organizations? But, but that's, you know, the, the immediate company degree. You then need to look beyond uh, your immediate suppliers, look at the suppliers of your suppliers, and more broadly, the ecosystems in which you are operating. I do believe that we do have, in the same way that companies are trying to figure out the way, governments are doing the same. That opens a great, great, great door for companies and governments to work together in new ways. We do need to be designing the next set of policies that will yeah. be put in place together if they want them to, to work, right, for both national economies and uh, companies. And maybe finally, um, I think it's take an approach to 
implementation in which we are all ready to fail and learn. I think that what we what we all realize is that advanced manufacturing industry 4.0 it's a it's a continuous improvement and evolution journey. You know, technology keeps uh, keeps developing, accelerating yeah. uh, in an exponential way, uh, and and there will be new applications. There will be new so so design and set the foundations that will allow you and and enable your company to to embrace what we call continuous adaptation and continuous yeah. upgrades. So those those are the immediate sort, but not based on our recommendations. I mean, based on what we what we have seen uh, from the companies with whom we work throughout the year and, and those who have been most successful in, in setting the right uh, course for achieving their sustainability goals and targets. Francisco, you've answered a lot of questions. I think this is a fascinating topic and no doubt we'll be talking to you uh, plenty of time over and over again, really, because as you say, this is a continuously improving uh, topic, isn't it? It's something that we're going to be uh, seeing, hopefully, great cases uh, of improvement across multiple uh, industries. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for being here, and I'm sure we're seeing you again. Thanks to you, and speak soon, Maria. Thank you. And for those of you listening, we'll see you at the next one. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today at Transform Talks. I hope you found this valuable. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. I'll see you at the next one.